HSPs with internalized shame about their trait, about their selves, might also find challenges in their relationship with food and body, which can have a really negative impact on our health and become this vicious cycle of malnourishment that we have a really hard time getting out of. We need adequate nourishment and nutrition, and I separate those words because they're different, but we need adequate nourishment and nutrition in order to flourish in our sensitive bodies that typically have higher metabolic demands and be the wonderful gifted healers, leaders, and change makers that this world desperately needs. Welcome to the Nourish Sensitive Podcast. I'm your host, Leah Tarleton, registered dietitian, mind-body nutrition expert, and fellow HSP empath and healer. I help you tap into a deeper sense of nourishment in your life. And using the nine elements of my true nourishment framework that I developed and used on my health and healing journey as a highly sensitive person. At The Nourish Sensitive, we're on a mission to help all highly sensitive humans find a nourishing relationship with food, body, and self. So that sensitive folks feel empowered to use their authentic gifts to be the change they wish to see in this world. So let's jump into today's podcast episode. I hope it helps you feel so nourished. Hello, friends. This is Leah from the Nourish Sensitive Podcast. I'm so excited about this episode because it's episode 10. If you're anything like me, you love numerology and you love the power behind numbers. And 10 is a very powerful number. 10 symbolizes fresh new beginnings, self-discovery, and innovation. I think these meanings are perfect for this episode and for this topic, but also perfect for my life right now because in a few weeks I'm going to be moving back to the Northeast, which is where I'm from. Uh, I grew up in southern New Hampshire and I consider myself a New Englander. So this idea of a fresh new beginning is something that's resonating with me right now in my life. And yeah, also some other fresh new things going on. So the Nourish Yourself blog, that is this little blog on my website. I've started writing on it again, and we have two new blogs that just released. The first is a new recipe, super yummy recipe for HSPs and tips on healing your relationship with cooking. The second blog is 14 Simple Ways to Nourish Yourself as an HSP, and it's a really fun, nourishing, and easy read that will give you a couple of ideas to help you maybe start, even today, implementing some nourishing practices into your daily routine. Today we're going to be talking about shame, and we talked about this in earlier episodes, but this week we're going to talk about how shame shows up in our relationship with food and in our mind and body and our health. I really feel like this is an important one for HSPs because HSPs often internalize shame around being sensitive. We have all experienced usually at some point or another feeling ashamed about our sensitivity. And so we're going to deep dive in this episode into shame and reveal how it shows up holistically in our health, in our bodies, and in our relationship with food as humans and as sensitive humans. HSPs with internalized shame about their trait, about their selves, might also find challenges in their relationship with food and body, which can have a really negative impact on our health and become this vicious cycle of malnourishment that we have a really hard time getting out of. We need adequate nourishment 
and nutrition, and I separate those words because they're different, but we need adequate nourishment and nutrition in order to flourish in our sensitive bodies that typically have higher metabolic demands and be the wonderful gifted healers, leaders, and change makers that this world desperately needs. The intention of this episode is to help kind of build your conscious awareness around internalized shame and how it impacts you sort of holistically. And I want to empower you to shine that conscious light of awareness that you get from this episode to start to heal shame in your relationship with food and body. Most, if not all of us, have some internalized shame around at least body. So I hope this is a very relatable episode. I want to inspire you as an HSP to start taking baby steps towards healing shame that you might be carrying so that you can reach your highest level of health and well-being. Use this episode to find the right support to help you get to a more nourishing place should that feel necessary for you. Before we get started, I just want to give a few trigger warnings. We do have some discussion in this episode around disordered eating and eating disorder patterns. Um, And obviously we're covering a heavy emotional energy, which is shame. Conversations around shame can trigger intense emotional thoughts or feelings or memories. So if you're listening to this episode and you notice that something's becoming too heavy for you or you're getting overwhelmed, you can always take care of yourself. Pause and come back to it at another time. So let's just quickly define shame before we talk a little bit about how it shows up in our relationship with food and body. Shame is kind of a difficult emotion to wrap our heads around, but this is the definition that I got from some of my trusted sources. So shame is defined as a painful emotion caused by having done something wrong or improper that we experience as a belief that we are flawed and therefore unwilling of love, belonging, and connection. So if you break this down a little bit, you can see that it's painful, right? Shame is not a comfortable or happy emotion. And it's caused by having done something wrong or improper that we experience as a belief. So shame is we've done something and we experience that doing as a belief that we are flawed, right? So it's kind of a a thought cycle or a belief cycle that we are flawed. And because we are flawed, we are unwilling of love belonging, and connection. So that's a definition I took from Brene Brown. Brene says that shame is the way that I see myself through someone else's eyes. So she alludes to this idea that when we're feeling shame, it's almost as if we're looking at ourselves from the outside through the eyes of some other that's judging us. So shame is a very intense emotion. Brene also says that the only people who lack shame also lack the capacity for empathy and human connection. As highly sensitive humans, we know that we do not lack the capacity for empathy and human connection. And so it makes sense that on the other side of that equation, we might internalize more shame than we need to. Shame is also this kind of fear of disconnection. It's this fear that we have not lived up to an ideal and so we are unworthy of connection and belonging in the world and in life it's this fear that we are not connected shame really hates being spoken we are afraid to talk about it we are afraid to voice our shame we we tend to hide our shame and we tend to see it as this very painful enemy that we have to run from Shame has a lot of layers to it. It's something that, it's an emotion that sort of lurks in the shadows. It's 
very mired in fear. We're afraid to talk about it. And it really prevents us from being able to moderate our own behavior because we're stuck in so many vicious cycles. Let's talk about how shame shows up in our relationship with food. Keeping that definition in mind and some of the things that we've already talked about, about how we understand shame. The first sort of way that shame shows up, and I've defined, I've kind of broken this down into categories, but the first category is perfectionism and control. When we have shame in our relationship with food, we might try to eat perfectly. Uh, We might feel very compelled to follow diets that have the words clean or whole or healthy in them. Notice the words very grounded in moralism, very grounded in good versus bad. If we feel shame in our relationship with food, we might go on just ongoing crash diets, make lots of dieting attempts, new diet every Monday mentality. This is kind of just our shame sort of revealing itself in a vicious cycle. When we fail our diet, we feel shame, and then we go to, I am a failure, I am not worthy, and then we think we just didn't do the diet perfectly enough and we're going to try it again. But this results in us just feeling endlessly shamed and endlessly like a failure. As a highly sensitive person growing up myself and also being a young girl who had a little bit of extra weight on her body and really struggled with my body image, I never felt good enough in my body. I never felt that I was worthy enough for that I was connected to others because I didn't feel like I fit in because of my trait and because of my weight. And uh, as I got older, manifested into always starting a new diet, always feeling insecure in my body and trying to eat clean all the time and just not really having a very loving relationship with food or with my body. Perfectionists really need to reach their perfect standards in order to feel worthy. And if they don't, then they tend to label themselves with harmful self-deprecating labels and i've always seen the word food addict and felt the shame behind it my fellow empaths i don't know if you've ever picked up on that too but when somebody calls themselves an addict there's so much connotation in that word and there's so much imagery that it brings up people who describe themselves in that way oftentimes I sense that there's some shame underneath it people who have addictive personalities or perfectionistic personalities, they tend to set impossible goals, right? Like never eating at McDonald's again because they have to avoid that food because they're addicted to it. We can also judge our own food choices, which is really just a reflection of our inner self-judgment. We can put ourselves through a self-imposed famine. Really, that's just a diet because we have guilt and we feel unworthy of food. It's kind of our way of controlling this sense of unworthiness that we feel on the inside by depriving our body of food. If we are feeling shame in our relationship with food, this can manifest in our mind. So we might find ourselves feeling a lot of anxiety, a lot of paranoia, and even obsession around food. So excessive thoughts of food, uh, secrecy around hiding, sort of hiding to eat, Remember, shame hates being spoken out loud and also worrying what others think about our eating choices. It's seeing ourselves through the other's eye. Shame, when it comes to our relationship with food, can also manifest as an extreme need for comfort through food. 
So uncontrollable comfort eating or on the on the softer side, if where shame isn't that intense, just needing food all of the time to cope with what tends to be a lack of empathy for ourselves, which if you think about it is really like a vicious cycle. So if we lack love and empathy for ourselves, then we find ways to comfort. We internalize the shame that we are told, you know, that comfort eating is shameful. And then we repeat the cycle because we don't have empathy for ourselves. Food becomes kind of this playground for the discomfort and chaos that shame creates in our minds and body. And it also becomes a sort of substitute for this emptiness that we feel inside our hearts and our souls when we don't have empathy for ourselves and we're so ashamed. Shame is a very painful emotion. It's just as painful as if someone, you know, stabbed you. And we need to feel comfort when shame is something that is ruling our life. The tricks that we are usually given to overcome emotional or comfort eating doesn't actually address the internalized shame. So it never really gets better. We never break that vicious cycle. Primal hunger and a loss of hunger so two sides to the same coin when it comes to appetite, are another manifestation of shame in our relationship with food. Thousands of people across the world struggle with binge eating disorder, where they can't seem to moderate their behavior around food, and there's this uncontrollable hunger that they feel that sort of overtakes them like a hungry wolf. This really does, in a way, reflect or mirror what the experience of shame is on the inside. When we feel shame on the inside, we focus on the I am bad. The the focus is on ourselves versus the behavior. And that leads us to feeling flawed and unworthy of love when we're focusing on the I am bad self, which then leads us to binge eat in order to give ourselves a feeling of filling ourselves up and having some control over this chaos and emptiness that shame can create in us. There's a quote from a wonderful book called Eating in the Light of the Moon, and it says, when our inner feminine begins to rebel, we accuse her of being irrational, too sensitive, out of control, lacking in willpower and discipline. And so this behavior of uncontrolled binging that comes out of this this primal hunger that comes out of the emptiness that we feel in our soul is something that we use as further evidence of our unworthiness. When we are living with internalized shame, we might find our appetite is very unreliable. Either we're rebelling against the standards, the perfectionist standards and the shame that we feel by overeating, or we can lose our appetite. A lot of people who are living with chronic shame struggle with anxiety and depression, and that can have a negative impact on our appetite. The last way that shame can show up in our relationship with food is an intense craving. And it begs the question, a craving for what? When we feel a deep sense of shame about who we are or what we've done or things we've said or whatever, we are craving connection and we're craving belonging. And like I said, that can show up in our relationship with food. That inner world shows up in how we nourish ourselves. So we might feel an intense craving for substances that are pleasurable and that make us feel good, but what we're really craving is not the food. It's the sense of belonging and connection that we lose when we are caught up in internalized shame. I can remember coming home from my first job as a dietitian, working in a corporate health setting, and 
feeling that primal hunger inside me because I didn't really feel like I ever fit in in that environment. I didn't know I was a sensitive person, but now in retrospect, I see that the corporate health environment is not really a great fit for a highly sensitive person and healer. I can remember going home at the end of the day and just feeling this intense need to eat and comfort myself because reflecting on it, I was so ashamed in myself and feeling like I didn't fit in. But what I wasn't realizing was that I didn't need to fit into that environment. I needed to embrace myself as a highly sensitive person and let go of the shame in order to heal that difficult relationship with food that I was having where I was overeating and binging and comforting every single night. So we explored a bit about how shame shows up in our relationship with food. But what about in our body? What about in our mind? How does shame show up in our health? One of the ways that I've seen shame show up in my life is with extra weight. So if you think about it, the extra weight that we can't lose, it's something that we're holding on to that we're sort of using to protect ourselves or that we are storing as energy for later. If we're living with internalized shame, we may be trying to protect ourselves from the outside world. We don't want to be seen. We don't want to be revealed. And we may also be holding on to energy because we need, we need a lot of energy to cope with the energy that it takes to live with internalized shame. We also might hold on to weight because, like we were talking about, shame can lead to uncontrollable eating. And this absolute need to eat certain kinds of foods for comfort. So when we have internalized shame, it can show up in our body as extra weight that we can't lose. Shame, when it comes to our body, has a lot to do with feminine energies. When women are ashamed of their femininity and their feminine energy, they might try to be more like men. They might try to shape their bodies to be more lean. And we see this in society. We see how women are constantly dieting and doing whatever they can to lose the excess fat that is a natural part of their feminine body. A natural consequence of this shame around our feminine body is a negative body image. So this sort of deep self-consciousness, we don't want to be seen, we draw inward, and we fixate on media standards of beauty. We want to look like celebrities um, or we struggle with body dysmorphia. So we cannot perceive our outer self accurately when we live with shame that causes us to misperceive our inner selves. So body image issues are a natural consequence of internalized shame. The last two things I want to talk about are mental health and physical health. So how does internalized shame manifest in our mental health? For me, I can say that the shame that I experienced going through my life as a highly sensitive person manifested as anxiety and depression. Um, just this feeling of being kind of falling short of other people's expectations and also always being in my head, never really being embodied or present. I was just very withdrawn from life and feeling, yeah, just anxious and depressed all the time. And in my physical health, this has taken me a little bit of time to kind of um, uncover, but the shame that I felt in my life manifested as physical pain and tension. 
mainly in my back, my shoulders, just anywhere in my body where I was just carrying a lot of tension and a lot of pain. Shame can also show up physically as just this lack of desire to move our bodies or to take care of our bodies, right? Because it's that deeper sense that we're not worthy, right? We're not good enough. And so why take care of this body that we are in? I've talked very deeply and in depth about how shame shows up in our relationship with food, body, and health. I want to leave you with just some resources if you've made it this far. Your task when it comes to healing internalized shame and your relationship with food and body and finding optimal health is to befriend shame as an emotion and learn how to notice it and work with it. Carla McLaren uh, has done wonderful work on defining emotions and explaining the different layers of them. I encourage you to go to her website, carlamclaren.com. I'll link it in the description to start to develop some more vocabulary around your emotions, including shame, and be able to distinguish authentic emotions from emotions that are not really serving us and that are destructive to our health and well-being. So check out Carl McLaren's site to develop your emotional vocabulary and notice and befriend your shame in a more skillful way. The other part of this task is to develop skills. One of the most important skills that you need in order to heal internalized shame is to develop self-compassion. I like to replace the word self-compassion with loving kindness. I just like the word more and it to me it's like warm angel energy or whatever makes you feel loving and kind on the inside. So you have to develop the capacity for this, this loving kindness energy. There are lots of ways to do that. There are tons of resources out there. One of my favorite resources is Tara Brock. She is a psychologist and a meditation teacher who's developed so many resources around the skill of self-compassion. I would also mention Kristen Neff is a big name in the self-compassion space and has tons of resources on her website. I will link both of them in the description. You know, self-compassion is a gift that you give yourself when you feel shame or when you mess up or when you're just an imperfect human. Like I said, it is a skill and it helps you navigate life with a resilient spirit It stops the body slams, it stops the difficult patterns with food, and it just helps us be more embodied, present, and peaceful on this earth. Self-compassion, we have to learn how to develop it. The last thing I'll mention to close out the episode is to find supportive resources. This podcast episode is one of them, but there's so many supportive resources out there. If you're working on befriending your shame, and learning how to notice it and work with it and develop important skills like self-compassion. If you feel like the task of healing shame is too heavy for you or too complex to carry on on your own, then it's okay to ask for help, whether from a coach or a therapist or a mentor of any kind. There is no shame in asking for help for any of the challenges that we've talked about in today's episode, so I deeply encourage you, if it touched you and it gave you a feeling that you needed to work on something within yourself, grow as a human being, and release and heal shame, I encourage you to take that message from your gut and run with it and find somebody who can help guide you on that path. Okay, this episode's getting a little long now, so we're going to cut it off, but I hope this was deeply healing for you, that it inspired you to go out there and do some work on yourself, take baby steps, and I hope that you feel more empowered as a result of 
things that we've talked about in this episode. Look forward to catching you on episode 11, and I hope you have a wonderful, self-loving and self-compassionate day. Thank you.